Good morning. Well, it's the last day of 2018, which means, well, we get to reflect on 2018 a little bit, as well as prepare for what's to come in, uh, in 2019. And I, as I looked back on, on 2018, um, I thought to myself, it was one of the, the biggest years for, for myself personally. Um, I mean, I took a new job uh, at the beginning of January up here. Um, I got to meet all of you, um, got to, you know, uh, get used to, to a new ministry, um, meet a whole bunch of different people. Um, I bought a house. I got married. So really, it was one of those years that I, I will always look back at 2018 and remember it as being one of the, probably one of the biggest years of my life. And as I, as I reflected on this, I asked myself, where was God in all of this? Where, where, where did I see God in 2018? And I, I can pinpoint several of these, of these times. I mean, obviously, marrying the love of my life and, and being able to do that um, was, I mean, I can see God in, in that and how God brought me and Melissa together. I can also see God in, in how he um, helped us to be able to buy a house. Um, Dana and Jamie are sitting right here, and we bought their house, um, and it kind of worked all together really, really nicely, and God was in that. Um, God, God was so involved in my life in 2018, and uh, it's just an encouragement to me um, as I reflect on that, just to, just to begin this morning. But it's one of the things that's done a lot uh, this time of year is um, reflect on the, in the year behind us. So that's what I kind of want us to do as we begin, and um, I'm going to get, if, if you want, you can stand up and share um, where you've seen God this past year. Um, we'll get five or six people to share, um, and then if you don't get a chance, if we run out of time, um, you can definitely, there's coffee time after the service, and we'll, um, um, I, w- I would encourage everyone to, to talk about 2018 and, and, and where they saw God. But just to begin, we're going to get five or six people. Um, you can stand up and just, you, you probably have to talk pretty loudly, but share where you've seen God in 2018. What's God done in 2018, maybe as a church family or as a family or... Whatever, so. Yeah. Absolutely. Great, thank you. Well, Chris, I want to turn it back to you because uh, you probably don't know, but for a lot of years from Paul's arrival here until uh, 2017, we had worked really hard. Actually, I conspired with Paul and back and forth trying to get someone to take on youth ministry here. And uh, we did do some youth ministry, but our goal was a long-term plan and to have somebody who would be here and engaged came you, and I remember as we sat at Cozy Corner, and you and Melissa were not married, and I thought to myself, well, I don't know how much, I don't know how much you're going to 
enthusiastic. Then when your wife said, I can't wait to move to Halliburton, I was like, yeah, this is going to work. <laughs> and uh, and you, you obviously have done that and fulfilled uh, a goal that was one of my personal goals was to see us do a really effective job with kids, and you're doing it, so God bless you. Maybe a couple more. Yeah. yeah, as soon as you ask the question of what has God been up to throughout this past year, uh, just a number of baptisms came to mind for me. So hugely encouraging to just see uh, quite a few people uh, committing their lives to Christ and um, definitely the stories and the, uh, the, the stories and statements <clears throat> of their desire to walk with God has been a huge encouragement and an example of him at work through this past year. That's great. This year in 2018, um, I got a chance to go to Kyrgyzstan, and it's never every—it's never about the mission. This is what I found out. God will send, send or make an opening, and it's never about the mission. So I'm in Kyrgyzstan. I'm up at a yurt. I'm, I'm with a bunch of women that don't speak. They're Russian. They're speaking Kyrgyz, and there's a, a couple there from Ohio giving a, a, a conference on traumatized children, uh, tr- uh, severely traumatized children, and because we were going to all the orphanages and. So, was partly to help us to understand what they're going through in their heads and and uh, for the people that might be thinking of adopting and that sort of thing. And uh, I'm sitting there and having a bit of a meltdown of my own, realizing that I was a traumatized kid. I was disconnected from my family in many ways. I'm one of ten kids. You wouldn't think I would be disconnected, but um, there were so many issues in my family that when I came home from that, with that, information in hand, I was able to restore a relationship with my oldest sister who basically raised me because my mom didn't have time to and with my uh, uh, a couple of other siblings and uh, it was all just because of that little two day event during a two week long trip to Kyrgyzstan which was supposed to be about everybody else but God spoke directly to me during that trip. That's great. That's great. Maybe we'll do one more. Sure, and then, yeah. What has God done in our life this year is in February or March, this guy was in the hospital in Peterborough for many times. He's been sick. This time we didn't think he'd get out at all. He was in there 14 days. And uh, we're going to be married 60 years on February 14th, so I really didn't want I didn't want him to go yet. <laughs> and you guys all visited him. You prayed for him. Ah, oh, man. It was Easter weekend. It was so busy in the hospital. There was no nurses around or anything. And he was just an old man. They left him there to die. If it hadn't been my son, if it hadn't been for my son, off work with his own hernia, going in three times a day to check on him, They'd have just kind of left him there because he kind of looks old. (laughs) But you know what? The prayer, God God didn't want to take him yet. And I, 
crucified for this church and this family and for him and for hanging in for 60 years. Thank you, Jesus. No matter what, we prayed for God, we prayed to God every day and to the Holy Spirit, and we felt it with people that came in and prayed with us. We prayed, we just praised Jesus for this church and all these people. Thank you, Lord. That's great. great. We had one more at the back, and then. Uh... To Halliburton in June. We live in the condo next door. We get to walk to church. <clears throat> My son and his wife are with us this weekend to visit. She was baptized two weeks ago. So Thank you so much for sharing, and um, right after the service with coffee time, that's a great chance to, um, to talk more about, about this past year and, and the way that God has worked um, within your and your family's life uh, in, in 2018. So I encourage everyone to, uh, to talk to each other after the service and even going into the new year. Like We don't need to stop uh, talking right now. Like We can encourage each other um, by what God has done in the past year. So now that we've looked back at 2018, we're going to... We're going to jump forward again. 2019 is only two days away. And I want to think about our future as individuals and as a church and as Christians. Coming into every year, there's the lists of, of, uh, of resolutions that come out, New Year's resolutions. And as I prepared for this morning, I, I actually looked up some of the most common resolutions from a worldly standpoint that are being suggested as we head into 2018. And I kind of came up with a with a top ten list right here that um, are pretty common when you when you look up resolutions going into 2019. Number one, make a budget and stick to it. Number two, write down everything you've been putting off and make a plan to get them done. Number three, forgive yourself and move on from past mistakes. Number four, call your loved ones more regularly. Number five, start doing simple exercises that don't require equipment. Number six, give at least five compliments a day. Number seven, take a break from screens as often as you can. Number eight, create a daily routine that requires you to get up and go to bed at a regular time. Number nine, if something you need to do takes less than a few minutes and you're not busy, just do it. And number 10, practice taking deep, controlled breaths. Ultimately, these are, these are all great. I mean, resolutions are used to kind of push us into something better in our lives and for the people around us. When people, when we make resolutions, we put goals in, a, in place in attempts to get to an ideal in our life. We put effort into getting to a goal to better some aspect of our lives. Think about those 10 resolutions I read. Each one involves striving for an ideal. Save more money by making a budget. Exercise more to become more fit or healthy. Encourage the world around us. Reduce stress by taking deep breaths. In no way am I criticizing these things, but I want to pose a question for, for us uh, going into 2019. What is God's ideal for your life going into 2019? Let's backtrack and think about this word ideal. God has an ideal for our lives. This ideal is the perfect design from God. 
but the sinful world, our sinful desires, our sinful natures, gets in the way of achieving this ideal. But God wants us to strive for something better, always. This striving leads us to becoming closer to God and in turn flows into our everyday relationships, our everyday interactions, and our everyday behaviors. Coming into 2019, my challenge for us all is to not become complacent when striving for God's ideal in our life. Complacency is this idea of putting our lives on spiritual cruise control. And when, um, when we look throughout the Bible, there are, I mean, tons of times where uh, complacency is talked about. And, and again, I don't, I'm only going to read one. I'm trying to read 11, so I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to go into a whole bunch of things. But the, the one that stood out to me was in Deuteronomy 8, uh, verses 10 to 15. It says, when you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I am giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase, and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery." Complacency is, is this idea that we can, um, especially when it comes to our Christian life, we can put all this effort into God, we can be surrounded by, by Christian people, we can think we've done enough for God, and then kind of sit back and say, I don't need to do anything more for God. And I, I can recount a, a time in my own life when I did this. Um, I was at Tyndale. Um, I was spending every day in Christian classes. I was living with my, uh, my Christian best friend, I was simply thinking to myself, I have all this Christianness around me. I don't need to push myself for better. I put my spiritual life on cruise control. I would only read the Bible because it was part of my schooling. I would only, uh, I would only pray because it was part of the classes that I was taking. I did not attend church very often on Sunday because, you know, Monday to Friday I was doing, you know, Bible classes and I was like, I don't need to go to, I don't need to go to church. Everything I did was because of school and not because I was attempting to be better. I was not trying to push myself to become closer to God. I was, uh, I, I was simply doing what I had to do and assumed that because I was surrounded by all these Christian things that I was doing great. Then came the crash. God had to get my attention back and this resulted in a time uh, that was very diff- difficult for me. And as a result, I was able to kind of snap out of this cruise control Attitude, this complacent attitude when it came to my spirituality and move forward striving for God's ideal in my everyday life. Constantly thinking, what more can I do for God today? Instead of sitting back and just allowing the Christianness to be around me without actually uh, pursuing God. What does striving for God's ideal look like? It means constantly pursuing God every moment of every day. It means instead of sitting back and saying, I have done enough for God today, it means saying, what more can God use me for today? And constantly coming to God in prayer, coming to God in communication, coming to God through the scriptures, through community, through the church, and trusting that God will then use that. Um, One of the most influential books that I've read is uh, Richard Foster's Celebration of Discipline. And um, I've kind of, I'm going to touch on some resolutions um, based on based on this book. To summarize quickly, um, Richard Foster suggests several spiritual disciplines or spiritual practices that are crucial 
in our everyday life. And as we focus on these disciplines, as we focus on these practices, it will greatly help us to not become complacent in our faith. As we are thinking of resolutions for 2019, my challenge to each of you is to strive for God's ideal. Strive to not become complacent, but push forward constantly. I'm going to try and get through uh, these resolutions. I have seven for you. Um, And the first one is submission. Now, this word is kind of intimidating. It's like, whoa, submission. But moving into 2019, let's make a conscious effort to do all things while submitting and humbling ourselves to God's will. Submit to God. Be humble before God. All of the disciplines, all of the practices, um, all of these resolutions in some way involve submitting ourselves to God, putting God before everything else in our life. That is what submission is. Submission is recognizing that God is so much greater than ourselves. It is recognizing and humbling ourselves before God and then making choices in our life that go, uh, that go along with that will of God. It means giving up our sinful desires and handing our entire life to a God that knows best, to a God that is sovereign, to a God that is almighty, to a God that is powerful and has our best interests at heart, even when we do not see it in the moment. I wanted to start with this one because as we learn to submit to God, all the other practical resolutions and ideals flow from from it. It is so easy to forget to submit to God. We can go um, every day of our life. We can be um, bogged down in the stresses of the day. We can be um, excited about something amazing that's happening and forget to, to bring it to God and say, you know what, God, you are so much bigger. I submit to you no matter what. And that's my first uh, resolution or challenge for you going into 2019 is is think about ways that you can submit to God in your everyday life because everything else flows from that. If we can learn to submit ourselves, humble ourselves before God, then all the other practices kind of link together. The second resolution, and um, it kind of seems like a simple one, but it's also crucial, and that is spend time with God. When we become complacent, that's often the first thing that goes. We think to ourselves, I don't need to spend that much time with God. I don't have have time to talk to God or the inevitable, oh man, I should pray before I sleep since I haven't all day. I am just as bad at this and it is something I constantly have to think about. How can we reach God's ideal for our lives if we don't spend time with God? Uh, Richard Foster talks um, a lot through the book, about meditation, he talks about prayer, fasting, solitude, and study as forms of inward disciplines or inward practices that we can do to move closer to God. Spending time with God seems simple enough, but it's one of the easiest things, but it is one of the easiest things we say we'll fix and not not actually do anything about it. When we think about resolutions, the classic ones that everyone thinks of at this time of the year, most of them fail. We think it's a, you know, it's a great thing at the beginning of the year, and then as time goes on, they kind of filter out. And my challenge is, let's not let spending time with God um, trickle out this year. Let's make that a focus um, in our daily lives, to spend time with God. One of the most important things you can do is spend time with God. We can look at the Bible and see countless people that were able to spend time with God, talk with God, and sometimes wrestle with God. Who better to consider than David? His psalms paint a picture of his conversations 
with God. He wrestled, he cried, he rejoiced, all the while going through a tumultuous life, yet one that was in tune with God. Conversing with God, taking time to be still and meditate on God, taking time to study and dig into his amazing book known as the Bible, all of these things will move us farther and farther away from complacency. As soon as we let spending time with God slip, that's when we start getting into that complacent life. If we constantly strive to spend time with God every single moment of every single day, complacency won't happen. Instead of saying in our head, I'm going to spend more time with God, let's move that thought to, uh, that thought to action this year. The third resolution is simplicity. Again, I'm going to quickly go through uh, this, but simplicity is in many ways an inner peace of mind. It is essentially contentment due to our faith in God. Instead of striving to have more things, instead of striving to have uh, more money, instead of striving to have more um, worldly happiness, what God wants is us. He wants us to rest knowing that he has our back. In doing this, we become content no matter the circumstances. This leads to simplicity. Inner simplicity is contentment and peace trusting in God. This inner contentment then leads to an outward expression. As we find an inner peace trusting in God, we then do not need to worry about looking perfect when we leave the house. We then stop worrying about if we say the perfect thing or if our neighbor is mad at us because we accidentally threw a ball in their yard. Simplicity is created as we rely on God for the ultimate source of peace. This then leads us to contentment and an outward expression of joy and peace. We see people like Paul in the Bible. Um, Paul was in prison. He was constantly running for his life. But he was able to have contentment because he had an inner peace in trusting that he is living for his relationship with God and to spread the gospel with everyone. Simplicity leads to contentment. Simplicity means letting go of always trying to please people, letting go of living for compliments and for affirmation. It means letting go of always trying to, to buy the next coolest thing just because it's there. It means letting go of worrying about who is going to pay the mortgage or how we're going to pay the mortgage. Simplicity means ridding ourselves of the worldly distractions of our life that pull us away from God. The fourth resolution and I'm only going to take like 30 seconds for this one. Again, um, it's a full service and I could go on. Uh, the youth always joke about how I can talk forever and ever and ever. So I'm trying to keep it, keep it concise. But the, the practice of service is so important and it looks different for everyone. Service means putting time in for someone or something else. Giving time to God by serving others. Going out of our way to bring someone joy taking time to serve in the various church ministries or other ministries. As a church, we do this well, but there is always more to be done. In humility, ask God going into 2019 what service you can do for him. Maybe you're already doing lots. I'm not trying to say do more than you can handle. But talk with God and ask him if, if you are doing enough. If so, if you are at peace, then amazing. If not, then challenge yourself and your family to ask God for direction as to where he might want you to give more of your time to. This is a conversation between you and God heading into 2019. Are we serving God and furthering his kingdom to the best of our ability and in our own special way? Uh, the fifth resolution is community. 
I want to challenge us all with this, is to rely on community, to rely on our Christian brothers and sisters. God specifically created us to support each other. God challenges us to corporate worship. I mean, that's exactly what we're doing right now. That's why you came out on on Sunday morning on a snowy Halliburton morning to have community with each other, to worship God. Sure, individual worship with God is crucial too, but corporate worship is a design from God that, that will greatly help us in our efforts to become less complacent in our faith. Look at the angels. I mean, we, we just talked about the Christmas story and how the angels appeared in multitudes um, before the service. They sing in corporate worship to God. Worshiping God together, finding avenues to do this even more than once a week. God designed community for a reason. And there is nothing more beautiful than a group of people pouring their hearts out to God in community. And again, community, Christian community doesn't, worship doesn't have to just be, you know, singing and doing the worship songs. It can be going and, and playing games with each other, having a meal together. That, that, that can also be corporate worship. Let's strive for this in 2019 and challenge each other to look for ways to worship God every day of the week in community. Maybe this means going out for lunch with another family from church, taking part in small groups, but spontaneously praying together in foodland. Whatever it is, corporate worship is essential to moving from a complacent to an active and alive Christian. And linked closely with community is the, is the sixth resolution that's mentoring. Alongside worship is the spiritual discipline of mentorship. Creating a network to feed into each other's lives. I cannot tell you how important mentors have been in my own life. And I'm sure that many of you uh, here can say that same thing. As a church family, let's strive to feed into each other's lives intentionally. And let's intentionally also seek out a, a, a mentor or a person that can give us the hard truth, that can challenge us, that can encourage us. Uh, someone once told me, a mentor of mine actually once told me to, to always have a mentor and to always be a mentor um, in your life. Find somebody that you can feed into and also be challenged by somebody as well. Let's both be a mentor and have a mentor coming into 2019. It's God's design and I think it's, it's, it's crucial and it links with this idea of community. The final resolution that I want to challenge us with is confession. Bringing things into the light. We're, we're, coming, uh, we're coming close to the end, and in a few minutes we're going to take up communion. And communion, uh, to bring us into the time of remembering Jesus' sacrifice on the cross and the gift that he gave us through God's grace. And, um, we, I mean, we talked about Christmas only a week ago, and we talked about the, the baby Jesus. And the whole reason that Jesus came is, is because of what happened at the cross and and Easter, and, and we're we're going to talk about that and celebrate that. Um, but as we as we come into this, I want us to think about confession and bringing things into the light. As we look forward into 2019 and how not to become complacent in our faith, the discipline, the practice of confession, is so important. The devil works in the dark. We hide things that we never want people to know. And the devil takes that and manipulates his way into rooting sin in our lives. Paul touched on this a few weeks ago during the Joseph's sermon series. If we bottle up these things in our life that we, can hold, uh, that we hold on to, these mistakes in our life that we never want people to know, if we have things in our life 
that we never forgive ourselves for, the devil takes that and roots in various sins. We try and cover things up. We worry about being exposed for that mistake. We make even more mistakes to try and get out of the hole of the first one. Whatever it is, the devil works in this darkness. Moving into 2019, and again, I'm not going to dive too much deeper into this, but let's bring these things into the light. Let's confess these things to God and let go of them. If someone has wronged us, let's forgive them. If we have wronged somebody, let's confess that to God and make the necessary steps to make it right. If, if we have wronged God, if we have um, sin in our life that's been rooting, um, that's been percolating in our life, this, this unconfessed sin, let's bring that to God. Let's start 2019 off um, with giving all these things to God. And I, I think that's a great way that we can um, end today with communion, to bring these things to God, to confess these things to God. And to start afresh, to start with a, a clean slate in 2019. God wants to forgive us. God wants to wash our slate clean. That's why we have Jesus. God wants us to join him in the light, not allowing the devil to have this foothold on our lives. This leads us into a time of communion. Whatever you have on your heart, this is the time to bring it to God. Maybe you have grown complacent in your faith and have stopped reaching for God's ideal and simply given up trying. Maybe you have settled into a cruise control faith. You say all the right things, do all the right things, but deep down inside aren't really challenging yourself for more of God. Maybe you have some mistakes that you need to take some time to bring to God in confession. God gave us the gift of Jesus. And we're going to enter into New Year with the Act of Communion. Take these next few minutes to reflect on 2018, those times when you let your faith slip, those times that you became complacent, those times that you know you weren't perfect. Give them to God. Also take this time to enter into communication with God and challenge yourself to one, two, three, or all of these resolutions in 2019. God is pressing on your heart and wants your attention. Let's give him our attention right now through communion.